Welcome to Word of Grace, a local assembly in the Berkshires. Thank you for joining us for this time in the Word. Okay, we're going to read from three different portions. In Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Notice that's what Satan chose. It was more subtle. And he said unto the woman, Yes, yea, yea, because, as God said, you will not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you will not touch it. And I want to stop right there because whenever we begin to entertain Satan, which are imaginations in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that are not of God, then we begin to privately interpret the word. And that private interpret, interpretation Satan can use against us. Or we will use against ourselves and others. So, right away, she adds, God has said you will not touch it. When he said, neither, and she said, neither, neither, you will not eat of it, neither will you touch it, lest you die. So, living in disobedience always brings in death. We said recently that there is no obedience outside dependence. And there's no dependence outside of, of obedience. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, You will not surely die. For God does know, and these are the verses really what we want to get to, For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then, listen to this, your eyes will be opened. Boy, you're going to get some insight. You're going to get some knowledge. And you will be as gods. Doesn't that sound like who he wanted to be? In Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, his desire and his five wills was to be like the Most High. And then through his fall, he would become the angel of light in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. And thereby... He would have his ministers in verse 15. And so many times we think of those, those ministers of his, all of those that he would raise up to preach wrong things. When in reality, if we listen to him, we can become his minister <laughs> against ourselves and against God and against each other. When we entertain imaginations that are not of God. He said, then you will be as gods, knowing, ah, no, oh, oh, want to know, knowing good and evil. <laughs> of course, that's why Christ told them not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We should depend on him. <laughs> and in that dependence, we would have a freedom. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, See? This thirst for knowledge. And that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Of course, 
without God. Imagine trying to interpret the word in natural intelligence, natural mm -hmm. intellect, without God. It was a tree to be desired to make one wise, and she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. So what I take in becomes one with me in, in one sense, and then it has to be dealt with. And did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now look at verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew, here's the knowledge that they got now. They knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. Already performance. Works. I think it's very interesting, because then in verse 8 it says, They heard the voice of the Lord God, Christ, in his pre-incarnate state, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves mm -hmm. from the presence of God. Notice that? They hid themselves from the presence of God, from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Of course, and then the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Wherefore art thou? Of course, he knew where he was. God knew where he was. He just wanted them to know where they were. And he said this, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. That's what knowledge will do in human intellect, fallen human intellect, apart from Christ. It'll bring in a fear. Of course, and ultimately, in, in Romans chapter 7, the I, me, myself chapter of self-occupation will always lead to 724, all wretched man that I am. That's all that knowledge can do apart from Christ is reveal all wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of sin. And then, of course, Christ in verse 25, and as we've said before, then that opens up the 39 verses in the, in the 8th chapter of Romans, which many think is the gospel within the gospel, and I would say it is also. And so when I, he said, I heard your voice in the garden, I was afraid, because I was naked. Isn't it interesting? They put fig leaves over themselves, to cover their nakedness, and yet still they knew they were naked in his presence. And he said, what did he do? I hid myself. And how many, I really believe, how many born-again Christians are really hid in themselves because they don't know who they are in Christ, and they don't know Christ and who they are in him, because they're trying through performance through false doctrine, through imaginations to try and know him and know themselves only in a fallen condition which can only end in a wretched man that I am. So now we turn to Romans and I'm going to show you just exactly what we got from the fall. <laughs> and what we got was a conscience. That's what we got when, through Adam and Eve, we got a conscience. Romans chapter 2, 
Well, verse 12 says, For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law, and, and as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For the not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Verse 14, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, Listen, do by nature the things contained in the law. These, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Look at verse 15. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience. <laughs> oh boy. Also bearing witness. Now look what it does. And their thoughts. Meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. Imagine living like that. that could, that's my perception of myself. <laughs> that's my perception of others. And that's why it's so vital. I can't know anyone else in Christ until I know myself in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.16, we're to know no man after the flesh. Oh my God. Don't know, no, no, no man after the flesh. Mm -hmm. You ever hear it takes one to know one? The only way that I can know anyone else in the flesh is I have to be in the flesh to know them. Mm -hmm. But all the old things are passed away. That's a reality. Mm -hmm. And Satan's going to say, no. Oh, no, it's not. That's not true. Look at the way that that person is. Look at the way that they, look at them. Look mm -hmm. at them after their failure. Get to know them that way. And then get to know yourself and the way that they failed you. When old things are passed away, behold, all things, all things are new in Him. With Him in you and with you in Him. Imagine that. Their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, their thoughts, oh boy, the meanwhile accusing, oh listen, who's the accuser of the brethren in Revelations 12 verse 10? Who's the accuser? Satan is. We've said this recently again, Revelations 12 9, if he can't deceive us like he deceives the world, then he will accuse us. Or he will use us in thoughts that aren't from God to accuse another. Based upon, listen, their performance or their behavior. <laughs> and I become a minister of the light of Satan in 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. Now, notice that, the conscience. Now we turn to Hebrews the ninth chapter. Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Hebrews 9. Verse 11. But Christ, becoming a high priest, listen to this now, of good things. <laughs> things. Remember we were reading about, we just read things. Of good things to come. Hmm. You know, that's all that God has for us and his thoughts for us. They're good things because they're in Christ. What do I think about myself? Okay. 
what do I think about myself when I'm in his presence? Mm. Is there a reason why David said, and he didn't know it anyway like we do. He didn't have near the light of revelation and illumination that you and I have. And he said, I have always. He can only say this in the presence of God like you and I. I have always set the Lord before my face. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because he is at my right hand, I won't be moved. Nothing will move me. Because I'm in Christ, who's seated at his right hand. And he is in me. In Psalm 1611, because in your presence, oh boy, in your presence, being in Christ, not performance, but in your presence, there is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's my occupation. Pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Hebrews 9. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, which was his very body, not made with hands, see, there's no performance here. It's not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, this again, performance and works, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, the holy of holies, having obtained redemption. For us as italicized, and we won't go into that this morning. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, the body, how much more Listen, you want to know some keys about Hebrews? It has everything to do with Jesus Christ, period, number one. Two, the key word, because it's Christ, is better. <laughs> and three, in conjunction with, in partnership with Romans, the fifth chapter, those 21 verses, much more. With Christ, it's better, and then even much more. <laughs> How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot, the Greek is fault, the tree of the knowledge, all it's going to do is point out my faults and somebody else's. And it's going to lead me to perform, to try and do something about it. And all the Jews did with the law was try that God gave them to show them just how sinful they are before they do anything. In Romans 7, 13 and 14. In order to show them that. I didn't give you the law because you said in Exodus 19, verse 8, and in Exodus 24, verse 3, tell us what to do and we'll do it. <laughs> You know, like God ever had any other way than Christ who was the Lamb in Revelations 13, 8, slain before the foundation of the earth. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, think about that, offered himself without fault to God 
And now in him we are without fault. And that's God's view of us. And that's God's view of others. And how do we see ourselves? How do we see them? How I see them and what I receive of them will be how I see myself. Offered without spot to God. Listen, without fault. Purge your what? Conscience. Oh boy. From dead works. What are dead works? Trying to deal outside of Christ with who the old is. <laughs> That's all. That's all it is. That's all it is. Then what will be my occupation? It will be self. And that simply means that I give, I come out from under his authority, and I give anyone else authority to hurt me. <coughs> and then I use that to define myself. And in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And God forbid we should ever think outside of God's mm -hmm. full thought, Jesus Christ. As a man thinks in his heart, in his mind, so is he. And that's why in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Listen, they are not flesh and blood in any relationship. They're not. But they are mighty through God. Why? Because it's not flesh and blood. Casting down what? Imaginations. How many believers... How many in born again, how many in relationships think in terms of imaginations? What's an imagination? I mean, is there any reality in it? Oh, by the way, is there any reality outside of Christ? Is there any reality outside the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2.16? Should we let it be in us in Philippians 2 verse 5? How vital is that? Purge your conscience from dead works. What are dead works? Performance in the flesh. Oh, by the way, God could not change the old you and I. And the Bible never speaks of change. Oh, God, change me. It speaks of the fact that he crucified the old. Okay, he didn't die for it. He crucified it in his death. He paid for what it would do, the sins. Yes. Most certainly. Now listen. He's going to purge our conscience from dead works. Stop knowing yourself after yourself. And stop knowing yourself after someone's flesh. Oh, by the way, that they are not in God's sight. That includes you and I. That includes you and I. From dead works to what? To serve the living God. To serve. Listen, every time you see the word serve in your Bible, it is always synonymous with the word worship. Always. So that you may worship. With your mind you may serve and worship a life-giving God. Listen. Because in Galatians 5.1, for freedom's sake, Christ has, past tense, what? 
set you free. And the Greek says, so be free. Be free. And you always will be in his presence. And you always will be. But how vital is it to live in the consciousness of his presence? Is there any fear there? Is there any insecurity there? Is there any comparison there? You know what happens when we live in dead works, self? We're always going to, without knowing it and ignorantly, compare ourselves to others. No one will ever be as good or live up. Or me. I compare myself to them. I'll never, I'll never live up. It's all, it's, it's me. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's always performance-based. Every single time. Then we'll, we'll close with this. And again, by the grace of Almighty God, haven't even begun to scratch the, the beautiful content mm-hmm. of what God wants to reveal to us. We're just literally, this is laying the foundation for what I believe that he's given us mm-hmm. already on this subject. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Therefore, seeing... Oh, boy. If you want to know what seeing's talking about, you've got to go back to chapter 3. You've got to go back to chapter 2. And you've got to go back to chapter 1. Because that's what therefore seeing is. Therefore seeing. Therefore seeing what? Go back to chapter 3. Verse 4, such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Think about stuff. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Pursuit. Adam and Eve. The temptation from him was to know knowledge, to know good and evil. Outside the presence of God. Listen, he, he, he told them you will be as God, and that was true. He didn't tell them how they would know it. In a fallen, ruined state. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. In other words, we have no way, truthfully, to define ourselves outside of Christ. God forbid that self should ever define who we are. Because we know where it comes from. It comes from the angel of light. We said it in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And he wants us to be the minister to ourselves. Ministers of a righteousness. To live in righteousness. Well, that person hurt me. They did this. Oh, my God. Self the issue. And we shouldn't do that, by the way. We should love one another. Seriously, we should. We should lay our lives down. But we can't in our own sufficiency. We can't, apart from Christ, the full thought of God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, the New Covenant. Not of the letter, legalism, performance, works. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter does what? It kills. But the Spirit, what? gives life, imparts the very life of Christ 
to us. So therefore, in 4 verse 1 of 2 Corinthians, seeing, seeing how important, seeing we, all his, have, based upon him, it's ours, this ministry. Look it. As we have received mercy. Yeah, there's all kinds of mercy in the law. In performance. Oh, and I'm sure in self. As we have received mercy, what? We faint not. And to faint means to fall back on nothing. And in John 6.63, it's the spirit that imparts the life of Christ. The flesh profits nothing. But the words that I speak unto you, what is he saying? I'm speaking unto you who I am in you and who you are in me. They are the, the, but the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit from the Holy Spirit into your human spirit, and they are what? Life. Life. Not death. Life. And seeing we have received it, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things. <laughs> Some of us, the, the thoughts that we have, the imaginations we have, the things that aren't from God, <laughs> that they become hidden in us. We have no way of defining them outside of walking in the light. And that's what we're doing when we come together to hear the word. Mm-hmm. We come to assemble around Christ our head, and he shines the light, which is no condemnation, mm-hmm. but always is the opportunity for us to make adjustments and right. we cannot make adjustments apart from grace. And there is no truth apart from grace. And there is no grace apart from truth. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing apart from Christ, who is the fullness of it, mm-hmm. in John 1, verse 14. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Dishonesty, it says. <laughs> shame. Mm-hmm. That's the Greek word, shame. We mm-hmm. have renounced the hidden things where Satan wants to hide in us to shame us. (laughs) Not walking in craftiness, thinking a certain way, but then speaking another way (laughs) to someone or to ourselves. Mm. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. That's Christ manifesting who he is to us, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, guess what? In the sight of God. Now look at verse 3. Listen. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. How many of God's very own children in Christ are hid? How many are hid? To them. And when you're hid from his presence, do you know how to think? You know how to think about yourselves? Do you know how God thinks about you? No, you're lost. And that's just not for the unsaved, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is for the untaught. This is for those that don't think according to the scriptures. This is for those in Hebrews 4 verse 2. Don't mix dependence, faith mm-hmm. with the word of God so that they experience the profit of it. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which will believe not. Does he blind them with darkness? Or, like what Jesus said, if the light that be in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? In Matthew 6, verse 23. How great is it? Well, you are hidden from his presence in your experience. Certainly not in your position. And you're lost in shame. When he, Christ himself, in Hebrews 2 verse 12, is not ashamed to call us his brethren. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. It may be for them, but it's not for me. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of of God, right? Who is the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves performance, legalism, but, but, contrasting conjunction, Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus' sake. For God Listen to this. Who commanded the light to shine out of darkness? The Greek says, is he, Christ himself, who has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the very face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in these fragile clay jars that the excellency of the power, think of the excellency of the power that we have in Christ. <laughs> may be of God and it's not of us. It's not of us. Listen. What does knowledge do apart from the very presence of Christ himself? It puffs up. That's right. It puffs up. That means that no one can ever measure up to me and that means that I become God's Dick Tracy. I'm always going to spy out in someone areas where I see that they're not functioning in Christ. God's Dick Tracy's detectives. Well, ever read Romans 2? <laughs> Did you ever read Romans 2? We see in, in 1 Corinthians 8, verse, verse uh, 1, it says, Knowledge puffs up, but charity, love, and charity is not the right word here, by the way. Anytime you see charity, okay, that was put in there by a certain translation. I won't tell you who it is on tape. I might tell you after. It's always love. It's agape. It's never charity. <laughs> Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if any man think that he knows anything... <laughs> Well, I know enough to know that that person's not functioning in their flesh. That they're not functioning in Christ. Woo! But I really, oh, wow, I'm so, God becomes very impressed with that. I don't think so. If any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. You know, if I know myself after how God knows me, I live in a love that nothing can shake. 
And oh, by the way, I will see my others that way also. But, uh, but if what happens though? Knowledge puffs up. Well, knowledge puffs up. Really. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. Who makes you to differ from another? Oh boy. And what have you that you did not receive? And oh, by the way, when did we receive it? When we deserved it. When we earned it, when we were so spiritually mature through an accumulation of knowledge, wow. Oh, by the way, when we get out of trouble, it isn't theology and scholarship that gets us out. It's a living, personal Christ. We've always said, by the pure grace of God, that we cannot teach and preach grace theologically or scholarly. It must be experiential. It's the only way Christ has imparted to me, and it's the only way I can impart him to others. It just doesn't happen any other way. Who makes you to differ from another? And what have you that, that you have that you didn't receive? Now, if you did receive it, why do you glory as if you have not received it? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Knowledge puffs up. Tree of knowledge puffs up. My definition, apart from God, of what good and evil is. And I'm sure he's relying on me, as his Dick Tracy, to look out in others with the sequoia in my eye to the little speck that's in theirs. Can you picture Dick Tracy? Spying out things for God with the sequoia. <laughs> to get a speck out of someone else's. <laughs> Therefore, Romans 2, verse 1, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are that judges. How? Through the knowledge of good and evil. I've arrived. I have arrived. Can't you see my flowing robes? My phylacteries? I walk around with my leather phylacteries on, with scriptures all on the inside. I have them on my armbands. I want everyone to see... I'm God's Dick Tracy. Therefore you are inexcusable, O oh man, whoever you are that judges. Of course, that's what we do when we're in the flesh. For wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. Oh, by the way, is there any condemnation to them that are in Christ? Is there plenty in the flesh? Mm-hmm. For you that judge do the same things. Uh, we get, God wants us to be done with it. With this. He wants us to be done with what he finished. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And stop it and grow up. Seriously, grow up in him in, in Ephesians 4.15. Speaking the truth and love, we grow up into him. And then in Ephesians 4.14, we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. In other words, private interpretation of the flesh by Satan that we use that interpretation, not only against others, but against ourselves. Very interesting. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And think you this, O man, that, that judges them which do such things, and do the same, that you, you will escape the judgment of God. Ah. Or despise you the riches of his goodness? And forbearance? Oh, God. Oh, God. When is this person ever going to come around, God? 
When will he ever get right? When will she ever get right? Why don't they know? Why don't they appreciate me? Do you despise or think lightly of the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering that he had towards you? How many years did it take you, a God take, to get you where you were and you're one instant in someone else? Will despise you the riches of his goodness in Christ, obviously, mm. forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing. Do you see that? Mm. Not knowing. Not knowing. Mm. The goodness of God that leads you to change your mind and stop thinking in those terms. Stop thinking in those terms. But to only know yourself in the only way that God knows you. He defines you in Christ on your worst day. And oh, by the way, if the other person or persons need to get right in areas, listen, trust God. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's in control. And just as much as he wants to be in control of you <laughs> and your thinking. And please keep in mind this, and we'll close with this. And this is all very gracious, by the way. Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with performance. It's all extremely gracious. Right? Romans, uh, Mark 7. In verse 14, he says this. And when, he, and when he had called all the people unto them, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you. Think of what, what he said. Mm -hmm. Hearken unto me, every one of you. Mm -hmm. And understand. Is there any understanding outside of submitting to him and what he says? Look at what he's telling them. Listen to what he's telling us. Mm -hmm. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. Nothing. Nothing. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. God uses it to take out of us what's in us that's not of him. Even the bad things. And listen, if the person is doing the bad things, don't you think God's going to take care of them? You think he's big enough? Can you trust him? Is he worthy of our trust? Because that's what it comes down to. Do I trust him? Not do I trust the other person, do I trust God for the other person? Do I put Christ between me and the difficulty? Or think outside of him and face the difficulty? Good luck with that one. And I don't even believe in luck. <laughs> there is nothing from without a man that entering in can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile him. Mm -hmm. Trying to know myself outside of God and then knowing others. If any man have ears mm -hmm. to hear, yeah. let him hear. Mm -hmm. 
If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Well, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever thing from without enters into the man, it cannot defile him? Oh, my God. (laughs) Can't. It can't defile him. Because it enters not into his heart, but into his belly, into the belly, and goes out into the draft, purging all meats. And he said, that which comes out of the man, that defiles the man. Knowing myself outside of Christ. Knowing myself after how someone treats me or I treat myself or what I think of myself. For from within, listen to what he's saying. And this is in all of us in a fallen state. Can you imagine in a fallen state trying to understand and gain scholarship and theology of the word of God in this place. For from within, out of the heart of man, his very inmost being, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Oh my God, that's not in us. Well, Jesus said it was. But it's not who we are. Listen, thank God tonight. All these things, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Thank God that we may have the flesh in us. God uses to humble us. But it's in us. But in Romans 8 verse 9, we're not of it. And neither is the other believer. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 2, when he faced the Corinthian church, and boy, they were a mess. I determined. I determined. Yeah, then he made that determination based upon who he was in Christ and who they were in him. He made a determination. Not to know anything among among them. Can you imagine? Would there be any church splits? Would there be any arguments? Would there be any relationships that were not functioning beautifully? Mm-hmm. If we determined not to know anything among one another except Christ in that person and Him, listen, mm-hmm. crucified. <laughs> All those things that we read that are in the flesh were crucified. As far as God's concerned. Mm-hmm. And thank God in Romans 8, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. They that are in the flesh in Romans 8, 8 can't please God. Oh, trying to think, trying to perform, trying to know in the flesh can't please God. Because remember in Matthew 3, 17 and 17, verse 5, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And when I hear how well pleased God is with Christ, I hear how pleased he is with me and him and him and me. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. Yeah, but I... No, you are not in the flesh. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. You are not to know yourself because we either live in the dictates of the flesh... 
or the truth of the Holy Spirit as he takes the things of Christ. And in John 16, 13, he guides us into all truth and reveals who we are in him continually. It is vital for us. Oh, and it's a learning experience that we will learn until we see him face to face and then we can learn brand new without interruption for all eternity mm. to know ourselves in him Romans 8 9 if you are not in the flesh if so be that the spirit of God dwelling you and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free set you free in John 8, 32 and 36 indeed. So Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, we have to continue in this because it hasn't even, haven't even touched it yet. But boy, you sure gave it to us. Thank you, Lord, that in Christ there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ. And God forbid that when the word of God is preached, we don't receive, receive it in the flesh because it becomes a letter that kills us when it's meant to be a life that's ours, that's delivered us. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening in. We hope you were blessed and God was glorified. Feel free to go to our website at awordofgrace.org for daily posts and teachings.